Hello everyone, I'm Vaishnika, and this is the Necessary Symbiosis Podcast. Over the past couple of weeks, you've been listening to my interview with one of the other authors that was part of the same program that I was in, uh, in order to write our books. Um, and this week, we will continue that series, and I will talk to Tiffany Mosher, who wrote a book called Beauty Beyond the Threshold, How International Volunteering Saved My Life. Now, this is a very um, difficult topic to talk about, where she talks about struggling with depression, anxiety, substance abuse, and living without feeling like she has a purpose. So there will be some topics that may sound or seem triggering to some listeners, so please be advised. So um, I guess I'll start with why you decided to write this book. Um, I actually read a little bit of the introduction and the first chapter that was available as a, um, the Kindle ebook th- uh, sample thing. Um, and it's really, really captivating. And <laughs> it's really well written. Um, and obviously the topic is very difficult to talk about. So what made you decide to talk about what happened to you? Yeah, so I thank you for your kind words about it. <laughs> um, so I battled a very severe, deep depression for many years. And how I was able to overcome that was by pushing myself out of my comfort zone and traveling to volunteer. When I would tell my family, my friends about my experiences and how that was helping me, they would say things like, wow, you're inspiring such a cool story you can help so many people by sharing it Mm -hmm. put the word out there so when I was approached to uh, by okay can you hear me yeah we're good jeez and you're gonna have to re-edit that whole thing right that's okay I'll I'll edit and play around with it okay you can start with the so you were approached by because that's where it ended I think Okay, so when I was approached by Professor Custer mm-hmm. and asked, hey, you know, have you ever thought about writing a book? I thought, you know what, maybe that's the sign that now's the time. Now's the time to write the book. Now's the time to share the story in the hopes that it can inspire other people who are battling depression, anxiety, things like that, and need an alternative way to cope with it. Because mm-hmm. my story is pretty unique and different Mm -hmm. and so the main point was to try to get that word out there um you talk about how you coped in different ways before you ended up going into volunteering and tourism and volunteerism I think that's the word um (laughs) so how you you mentioned I think the part where I couldn't read any further because the sample ended was where you're talking about how you met this guy and you um, just decided to spill everything to him and it just ended there and I'm like crap I need to read more I need to buy this book um, so how did you go from that point in your life to where you you started deciding to go out and explore and all these things so. When I first started battling severe depression and anxiety, that was as a result of a divorce and an immense fear of abandonment. So I was finally, you know, thrown into this situation where I'm a single mom in my middle 20s with a three-year-old daughter, a six-month-old son, 
and my like the rug got ripped out completely from underneath me and I didn't handle it well. Mm-hmm. I used drinking mm-hmm. as a coping skill. I used sleeping around, mm-hmm. being promiscuous as a ho- uh, coping skill. And I always found that those things left me feeling very empty mm-hmm. afterwards. What I lacked was a huge sense of purpose. I didn't feel I had any purpose. So as I'm going through the years and I'm trying to figure out what is it that's going to make me feel whole, the depression and the anxiety, the paranoia, the worry, the fear kept driving me down, down further Mm -hmm. and ultimately led to a suicide attempt. Mm -hmm. So I decided to seek treatment for that. I went to the hospital voluntarily and a few years later came to this epiphany almost that was like maybe living in this comfort bubble of fear is what's holding me back Mm. and maybe I need to push myself beyond my comfort zone and see how that can help me so as an introvert someone (laughs) who's incredibly shy what how what best way to do that would be to travel solo (laughs) so that's why I decided to do that and then the volunteering aspect came from just a deep desire of wanting to help after the hurricane in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, where did you go first? Puerto Rico. Really? <laughs> yeah, so after Hurricane Maria hit the island, mm-hmm. my my family, I have family there lives oh, wow. there, and um, there's an echo, so I can hear myself like a split second after I'm talking. So if I stumble over my words... That's why, because I'm okay. hearing myself echoing. That's weird, but okay. Yeah, so I'll start the, the answer over. Sure. So the first place I went to was Parad... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Take your time. I got you. <laughs> Hear myself. It's weird. So the first place I went to was Puerto Rico. I have family that lives on the island, mm-hmm. and after the hurricane hit, I had this deep desire to go and try to do something I just didn't know what it was Mm -hmm. so I sent money but I didn't feel that was enough for me and about eight months later I said you know what maybe I should try to just see if they need volunteers still and go and luckily there was an organization called all hands and hearts Mm -hmm. and they had a program there so I signed up to go even though I was trying to talk myself out of it for the entire time I was filling out the application because I was scared to death. You know, I don't know how to do concrete roof repair. Right. I don't know how to do mold sanitation. Yeah. I don't even know how to work a power drill. <laughs> I'm going to go and help repair roofs. Like, this is insane. This is crazy. I have no one who's going to want to go do this kind of work with me. And now I have to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. But yet there was something within me that said, do it and you're not going to regret it. This Mm -hmm. is going to be something that's good for you and that you need. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be what was the start of my recovery in such a beautiful direction. That's amazing. Um, Did you, was there any point during your trip in Puerto Rico when you were out there repairing the roofs and stuff where you thought, wow, I'm so, 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 so crazy for doing this, but I'm having such a great time that I'm going to continue to do this? Was was there, like, a moment where that switch turned on where you wanted to continue to do that? 
Yeah, I never had a moment of, this is so crazy, why am I doing this? It was, um, it was more so feelings of, okay, I'm here, I'm just going to soak up in the moment, like, I'm, I'm safe, I'm good. Mm-hmm. The moment that I realized that I wanted to continue doing this type of work was when we finished the concrete roof. Mm-hmm. So it was for a gentleman named Israel, mm-hmm. and we worked on his work or his roof the entire week. Mm-hmm. And when we finally told him, you know what, your roof is complete. Your roof is not going to leak anymore. Mm-hmm. It's you're safe now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gratitude, the tears in his eyes, just the overwhelming sense of like he Relief. didn't even have to say anything. It was it was just. A beautiful moment, and I was holding his hand, and and I thought, you know what, I want to help more people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, these people that have suffered from these natural disasters mm-hmm. and had their lives completely ripped out from underneath them, if I can help them recover. Right. Because in turn, they're also helping me. It's, it's making me feel good mm-hmm. to help them, so... I knew right then and there that I, there was more that I wanted to do. Right. Um, let me quickly look through your topics just to make sure. Um, do you have any tips for people that are – because I, I do want to travel solo one day. That would be super cool. And there's still places in India that I have not gone to. I'm from South India, so I tend to go to, like, Hyderabad. I've been to Chennai. Um, I've been to uh, Vizag, but I haven't been to like Delhi or like Bombay or anything. So, if are there any tips that you realize in your solo travels for people that want to go travel solo? I would just say I know it's nerve wracking and I know it's <laughs> scary, especially to do it by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like those little moments where you take baby steps. Okay, you got on the plane and mm-hmm. you're good. You're mm-hmm. safe. And you landed. You're good. You're safe. Mm-hmm. For me, it was that's what I had to do. As ridiculous as it sounded, I had to take these solo trips and extreme baby steps just to overcome the anxiety of the fact that I was doing this by myself. Right. And then also just, you know, making sure that you're going to a safe area. Mm-hmm. And, um, making sure that you're using a cab that's, or, you know, getting a ride from someone reputable. Mm-hmm. Uh, typical things like that but what I challenge you to do in traveling solo is use it as a time for self-reflection when you're traveling with other people you're kind of making sure they're taken care of or making sure that you know everybody's on the same schedule or Mm -hmm. something like that and when you're by yourself there's such a freedom to just be you and do whatever you want yeah, you can conversate <laughs> with really, really unique people that yeah. normally if you were with someone else, maybe you wouldn't get involved in a conversation with someone that you're sitting next to on the bus or mm-hmm. something like that. So mm-hmm. I would say if it's if it's the nerves that's holding you back, just do it anyway because mm-hmm. it'll be very rewarding. Yeah, it's something I definitely do want to do. I don't know if I'll do it now, mostly oh, yeah. because – COVID and all the craziness that's going on right now, but, and I don't think I'm in a, like, financially stable enough situation to travel solo yet, 
Yeah. But in the future, I do want to do that. It's, it seems like so much fun. And like you said, so freeing and self-reflective. Um, were there other places like Puerto Rico that gave you such a huge impact on your, on your recovery? Yes. So I also went to North Carolina mm-hmm. and volunteered after Hurricane Florence. Mm-hmm. And that I learned... So when I went to Puerto Rico, back up a little bit, I kind of learned this is what I want to do and this is what I want to be when I grow up type things. Mm -hmm, And this mm -hmm. feels good. So when I went to North Carolina, I learned about how to use power drills and I learned more about pushing myself physically. So there was a confidence that I earned from that. I I earned confidence in learning new skills. Mm -hmm. My self-esteem increased Mm -hmm. also by helping people. So that in turn helped me as well. Mm-hmm. And then I traveled to Mexico mm-hmm. because I'm on the board of a nonprofit organization called Aid Now, mm-hmm. which is a Virginia Beach based organization. Mm-hmm. And I'm the international missions director. Mm-hmm. So I'm leading a school restoration project. Mm-hmm. And I had to travel there by myself to this indigenous Mayan village Ooh. in the middle of the jungle of the Yucatan Peninsula and I had to rent a car and drive oh boy no GPS and things like that (laughs) so I was really really nervous yeah one of those trips everything went wrong the flight was originally canceled and then you know just there was little deviations in the plan that nothing was going right Mm -hmm. And me being a list maker, a planner, Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. has to be according to the schedule and the plan. All these things that were going wrong and throwing me off schedule Mm -hmm. would normally stress me out Mm -hmm. to the extent. And I would freak out. Mm -hmm. This was years ago. I noticed on that trip that I was welcoming these little deviations. The stress wasn't as difficult because kind of unique things things came as a result you know there was some fun stories to be shared Mm -hmm. at one point I was driving and I got stopped by the police and I was thinking oh no you know in the moment I don't know enough Spanish to get myself out of Mexican jail you know what am I getting pulled over for be confident Tiffany be confident just act like you belong there you're good and um I think it was kind of like a scare tactic. He said he was just checking my seatbelt, even though clearly you can tell Mm -hmm. I was wearing a seatbelt. And I kind of felt really like, part of my language, but I felt really badass. I was like, (laughs) I am, I could do this. Like, wow. You know, I would, at first I was petrified of driving by myself in a foreign country. And I just got out of a police checkpoint, like, you know, so it was more confidence. Right. And I, I was like, okay, so if all those little things didn't happen, I wouldn't have this cool story to tell as a mm-hmm. result. And then there was another part where I was walking through the jungle and I thought I was going to get eaten by a jaguar. Because <laughs> there there's jaguar signs as you're driving out there. Oh, and I my gosh. And so it's all these different things that taught me. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. There were all these different things that taught me 
that it's okay if things don't go as planned. Mm-hmm. Embrace it because mm-hmm. really cool, unique that things can happen right. as a result. Right. And then uh, most recently, I went to Nepal mm-hmm. and volunteered in earthquake relief uh, and helped build schools. Mm-hmm. That trip kind of helped me hit the reset button on my life. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout the book, I talk about. Uh, and you know the divorce in the beginning mm-hmm. that threw me into a deep depression but now as the book is evolving I'm also facing divorce number two mm. and I went to Nepal at a time where I had to make a very critical choice mm-hmm. am I going to stay in this marriage or mm-hmm. am I going to walk away mm-hmm. and through the volunteer work through pushing myself physically once again mm-hmm. through you know um, a lot of time alone mm-hmm. to process emotions, being disconnected from Wi-Fi because I'm in the middle of nowhere. It was very therapeutic, mm-hmm. and I came to this decision in my life that ha- happened to be a very good decision mm-hmm. to make, and I was able to make peace with that. Mm. So you, you, the amount of um, transformation that you went underwent was really shown while you were going through divorce number two proceedings versus divorce number one proceedings. Yes, a lot differently too. Really? I learned to look at things from more positive perspective. Mm-hmm. Divorce number one lived in worry, paranoia, everything's go- horrible mm-hmm. and going to turn out horrible for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas divorce number two, I was like, okay, let's try to find the good that mm-hmm. is happening here. Um, I need to stay strong. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go back to this place where I'm thinking suicide is the only option. Right. I cannot go back there right. because I was very, very close to death. Right. And I wanted to be here for my kids. So I almost had to approach it from a different mindset. Right. right. And it really helped me cope with it so much easier. Do you think... Um, if you had had some of these experiences before divorce number one, you would have approached in a similar fashion. And if you, if so, if there are listeners out there that are going through similar um, life experiences as you, what sort of advice would you give them as they're going through that kind of um, situation? That's a good question. No one's ever asked me that. <laughs> Honestly. I don't think that I would have handled divorce number one better. And I'll explain why. When I was that age, in my early 20s, mm-hmm. I thought I had everything. Good. I was in a very good place mentally. Mm-hmm. I had a really great childhood. Mm-hmm. I didn't suffer from any depression or anxiety prior to this. So, mm-hmm. yes, if I would have been volunteering and things like that before the divorce, I would have been in the same healthy mindset as I was before. Mm-hmm. When, when That literally, that experience just turned my life completely upside, upside down, and I didn't see it coming. Mm. And I had to, unfortunately, go through that. 
right. in order to learn how to not react mm-hmm. that way in the future. It was like one of those, I know the, the cliche saying like, what doesn't kill you make you stronger mm-hmm. or everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. or, you know, you're meant to weather the storm and come out stronger. Yeah. In, in that sense, it was almost like I had to learn what not to do. Right. The right. hard way. Right. Um, but what I would encourage other people who might be facing this similar situation is find healthy coping skills. Right. That's the key. I went to dangerous coping skills immediately. Mm-hmm. I didn't search for healthy coping skills mm-hmm. because I just wanted to feel feel something. valued by something, yeah. no matter what it was. So I would encourage whatever healthy coping skills you can have, mm-hmm. that's the best way to overcome a hard situation. All right. You've been listening to my interview with Tiffany Mosher, the author of the new book, Beauty Beyond the Threshold, How International Volunteering Saved My Life. You can find her book on Amazon as a Kindle ebook and a paperback. Part two of our interview will be aired next week um, on this podcast at 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturday.